Howdy friends, and welcome to the Alt Country Show. I'm your host, Emily Smith, and today I get to chat with Philip Bowen. If you haven't heard his name yet, you will. He's about to drop his debut album, Old Kanawa, on August 18th. And when you're dropping a debut album, or any album, one of the key things you need is press. You need PR. You can do it yourself, or you can hire a PR agent. It either takes a ton of time or it takes a ton of money. But every now and then some organic magical goodness happens, lightning strikes, and you get some huge press leading up to your debut, like being on America's Got Talent, a show that's seen by millions of people. And Philip is lucky enough to currently be a contestant on America's Got Talent, He is a classically trained violinist, he gets down on the fiddle, and he is showcasing those skills on America's Got Talent. We talk about that on the episode today. You can't get much better press than that leading up to your debut album release. On top of that, throughout the pandemic, Philip really built up his social media following. He's got over a million followers on TikTok who come to see him play the fiddle and stay for his infectious personality. His explosion on TikTok led to him connecting with all sorts of artists like Zach Bryan, Charles Wesley Godwin, Josiah and the Bonvilles, and more, some of them who are featured on this new album. We'll talk about growing his social media, his journey so far on America's Got Talent, his upcoming album, Old Kanawa. We'll deep dive on some of the tracks and how they came to be, and a whole lot more on today's episode, so I hope you'll stick around. It's all coming up on the Alt Country Show. This is our second interview episode in a row. The interview episodes can be found wherever you get your podcasts, but we also do music plus talk episodes. These are hand-curated playlists, kind of radio-style shows. I introduce you to the artists, tell you about what they have going on, and I think it's a good time. Those can be found exclusively on Spotify. Our last Music Plus Talk episode was a rundown of my favorite alt-country albums released thus far in 2023. It has become our most listened to episode. People keep going back to it. I think because it's so long. It's a really long episode. It's like two episodes combined. I recommend just making that your daily playlist. Get to know these artists. Get to know their music. And hopefully we'll get to chat with them here on the show one day soon. Right now, let's get into today's interview with Philip Bowen here on the Alt Country Show. I know you grew up as a classical violinist and you play the fiddle. They're both kind of the same thing to me. Can you tell me the difference between a violin and a fiddle? Yeah, uh, the, the only difference <laughs> at all is in, in how you play it. So- okay. You know, I, I grew up, I took I took music lessons from the time I was four, like all the way through college from like a classical music perspective. But then I've been, you know, playing like Appalachian style bluegrass and fiddle in that same window, just because where I grew up and everything. So I kind of had like both sides of the coin there with that with that instrument growing up. So when I was playing Mozart, it's classical. When I'm playing whatever bluegrass, it's uh, it's the fiddle. That's it. So it's it, it's just what you call it for the style of music. Yeah. Yeah, it's like some have like a five, some people have like a five string like the the violin slash fiddle normally has four strings. Some people have like a five string instrument, but it's still either a violin or a fiddle. It's just style of play. Okay, well, um, you grew up playing music, classical violin. When did you start 
making the pivot to making music a career. I know you've done some session work and you've got your new album coming out. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've kind of had a weird journey. Like I did the college band thing, like a lot of people, you know, and then I had some friends that were like doing the whole, we're going to drop everything, move to Nashville, you know, just go for it. And like, it wasn't going super well, Like they graduated like a year ahead of me. And they were like, you know, whatever, like 10 people in the same apartment kind of. Right. And, and it was freaking me out because I was, um, I don't know. I was like really scared of doing the whole starving artist thing. And I, I was worried mostly that it would make me not enjoy music anymore. Cause I started really playing guitar and writing songs in college. And then I, uh, you know, so like life kind of took over. I went and got my master's in marketing because I, I just wasn't ready for the, I was like, well, I'll do it with my graduate degree. You know, so I went and did that and, you know, married, I have three young kids. So like life goes on. And then um, maybe right before COVID started, I had made a decision. I was like, I'm going to give this one more, you know, real good try. I don't want to like leave music on the table and regret not doing it. And so I just kind of started getting after it and the whole world shut down because of COVID. So I started doing stuff online um just to try to keep the commitment to myself and like the traction i got doing that during 2020 like really kind of helped to change my whole life to see like that it's it was possible to do it so you know this wow. is like the, the kind of like another go around for me but and i just like i it's like every day goes by it seems like something different will happen and i just i can't believe it so it's uh, been a blessing for sure that's amazing yeah i've been checking out your social media so i've been doing podcasts and radio for like 20 years now Mm -hmm. And I never did social media. And then the company I worked for went out of business. And I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know where all my friends are now. I know. <laughs> so it's, it's hard. It's so nice to like diversify in the way you have and to blow up the way you have. Um, your TikTok's so fun to watch. How did that happen? Like, was there the, like the first viral video or did it just slowly build over time? Give us well, some tips what, for us social media newbies. <laughs> I, would, I would say too that like one of the big things I tried to focus on is being my own voice, like finding something that was unique to like just get an audience. And so, you know, everybody and their mother was sitting in front of the camera with an acoustic guitar playing a, a song they wrote, you know, and I do that too. But I was like, well, I, I, you know, it's so hard to find your way or make traction in this business. And so I was like, what do I do? That's a little bit different. So I kind of utilized my marketing brain for that. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just get on there. And like, I have a ability with the fiddle. Like I can honestly, like any, I can pick any song on Spotify and I try to get it within five or six seconds and just start playing along and jamming with it. And so I would do these live shows where people could like tip request their songs. And then um, I would make videos the same way. And so I would start making the videos off of the most requested things that I would get. And so like, for example, like uh, that's kind of how I met Zach Bryan was through doing this something on the orange cover or Colts or wall, because I did one of his songs. And, and like, this is no lie. Like that was, I think I did hit the first culture wall song in 2021 and I had not heard of him yet. I mean, I heard his name loosely, but I didn't yeah. listen to his music at all. And then I was like, Oh man, this is so good. It was yeah. like the song Sleep, sleeping on the blacktop. And so um, I met um, and we connected like our different you know teams and stuff through social through that kind of a thing, which is truly surreal. Like how this is very this day and age kind of a thing, you know, where right you know your paths can cross in that way. So that's kind of how I started doing it. I would just base it off what people were asking to hear, and then I would try to throw people curveballs like you know whatever System of a Down or Gangsters Paradise or maybe what you weren't expecting, and that would help me as an independent artist to you know, instead of five people in the room, I might get like 5,000 people in the room. And then when the audience was at its biggest point, I would say, Hey, I'm going to play an original. I'll pull the guitar, sing an original. 
Be like, hey, if you like that, go find me on Spotify. And I do more requests. I do another original. And I did that. And some people started asking for originals. And then I would just, I, I mean, I, I literally built it like one person at a time. It's, yeah, especially that first year or two yeah. was a real, I loved playing and stuff, but it was a slog to like get it, you know, get it cooking. And so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's just kind of how I chipped away at it every single day. <laughs> I love hearing this. And I know hearing that will be helpful to a lot of our listeners too, because a lot of uh, smaller independent bands and stuff are sure. fans of the show and, you know, that's good tips for anybody trying to build an yeah. audience. So that's yeah. great. Um, I know that you play the fiddle or violin along with all sorts of genres of music. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blew my mind going through all your videos. I'm like, dang, this really <laughs> works. Like, yeah. is there a genre you think in particular that's been missing the fiddle or violin for a while? Because your music just like you're playing sounds so good with all of them. Uh, I, I appreciate that. That's kind of you to say. And I... um I don't know, like some of the stuff that I've enjoyed playing over the most is I got a chance to do this like random, like lo-fi hip hop project through some session stuff a couple years ago. And I like, I listen to lo-fi a lot, like when I'm, because it doesn't have words. And so like, if I'm just doing busy work or whatever, I love that kind of like music because it's got a good vibe to it, but it's like, I can just focus. And um, so like, I was never expecting to do that. And also like, you know, there's some genres like hip hop, for example, is like really heavily sample based. And so a lot of the strings you hear in hip hop are like synthesizer or keyboard strings. And so I think the reason that hits so different when you hear it with a real string instrument is like, is is that's like, Oh man, like you didn't realize it could sound so good with that. And I think that is the, the gift of like, you you might see this guy from West Virginia with a hundred year old wooden fiddle and you don't expect that to work with that genre or hear that genre. And so that's kind of that's kind of worked well for me in a lot of ways. And I, I I like I like getting thrown curveballs like that because that's like, oh, this is a fun challenge. We'll see. You know, we'll kind of see how it sounds. Yeah, I think it's a really cool concept. And it made <laughs> me kind of just like rethink the instrument, like how many ways that it can work. Um, that's mission accomplished. I love yeah. that. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going for. Exactly. That's great. Um, my main like excitement for having you on the show today is your new album that's coming out old kanawa um yeah it's dropping august 18th you've got two singles out so far technically three because one dropped in 2022 yeah well like i had i dropped um there's a couple songs on it that are like recorded like there's a couple songs like anymore and stella okay songs that i had like released through all this journey of singles but like these like diehard fans that have been with me since the beginning were like, like I let, this is a, again, this, a, this day and age story. So this online audience and following that I have from doing these Twitch shows and TikTok shows, I let them vote on every previously released song I had as a single. Oh. And I was like, all right, like if the top two votes, I will put them on the album because they wanted to be able to, they've been a part of the journey for the, this is like year four for me. Right. So they wanted they wanted to be able to have it like on vinyl and on CD and as as part of this body of work. And so um, I'm getting the vinyl, by the way. I saw it. It's orange, correct? Yeah. The other's like a cream sickle. Really pretty. Thank you. Yeah. I was so hyped. Like there's a black (laughs) one, but and that thing has been like, that's what I'm saying. It it truly has blown my mind. I just went through the test pressings of the, but and they're they're producing all the other ones right now, and like to be able to have that like in my hands, you know, after all the quantity of work. And so um, to kind of go back to what you were saying, like that's the reason that anymore and still are part of the album as that album are because like, that is what the fans wanted that have been with me for the longest period of time. 
Yeah. And so I also like oh, the thirteenth song on the track is an acoustic version of anymore. Yeah. And, like I re-recorded it in the studio with those musicians, uh, just kind of as like a gift to the people that have been with me since you know I started this journey. Well, then, I like, haven't been with you since the beginning, but I really thought that that intro <laughs> that that was a that was a gift. The acoustic version to me too. I really love oh, it. Thank you. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just I'm a big fan of the whole album and. Um, when did you decide, like, was there a point, was it in 2022? Like, were you like, I'm going to make this album with the fans or I guess what I'm getting at, honestly, with that is, and I, I'm not even there yet, but the America's got talent thing. Like what a boost for you right before your album comes out. (laughs) Like, was was, that planned at all? Did it just fall in your lap? Like, how did that work out? Yeah. Like it was, um, you know, I went out there in March and filmed my audition episodes. So, you know, all the, all the audition episodes that are airing. Well, depending on when you listen to this, like over the summer of 23, these audition episodes are airing. And those are all obviously taped in advance. So you, they record them in the spring. So I got invited, you know, so I, I knew I was going to go out there to L.A. And I did my episode in March. And then the thing is, is that, you know, you have no guarantee of like how long you're going to be on TV, if you actually will make it on TV and then when it, when it will air. And so a week before the season premiere, they called me and they were like, Hey, we have two pieces of good news. One, like we're going to give you a full segment, which is like in TV time, five, it's five full minutes, which is an eternity on like a, a 30 an hour minute, an hour show. And right. then um, like we, they, you know, that they, they like you like the, them being NBC, like they like you for the premiere. And I was like, like, Oh, like this Tuesday. And they're like, yeah. So it, was like, <laughs> it was like, you know, and I had, I had old Kanawha, the single with CWG, my buddy Charles was coming out on the Friday. So, as an artist, like I'm on national television on Tuesday and yeah. I found out that like the first single that I'm actually like really pushing on this album, like really putting some effort behind and like trying to, okay, here's my, here's my thing, like was Friday. And then I was also in Kansas City that weekend for this event called the Big Slick that I got invited to um, with a bunch of like, it was like a celebrity charity thing. And like, so, you know, I got to play on stage with Darius Rucker that weekend and, and like, you know, Paul Rudd and Eric Stone, all these people were there. And so yeah. like, this is all happening within five days of each other with this first release. And so That's that was insane. like a true, you just can't a true, ask for... oh man, just a <laughs> true blessing. I was like, oh, this is so nuts. Like, I can't believe all this is happening at once. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that, that happened. Like I always, I initially was going to do the, the album in this and like earlier in the summer, but then I, I had some publicity support, uh, shout out to you know, my friends over at Sweetheart PR. And so then it was like, you know, let's push it a little bit and do it the right way. Like get the, get, get more, whatever. And so that gave me time to get with the team, you know, and like, okay, yeah. how are we going to do the vinyls? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? You know? And so just kind of like trying to plan it out as best that we could. And so that's, that's how that one ended up happening. That's so, I'm like so happy for you because this album's phenomenal. And oh, just you. to have all the pieces kind of fall together like that is just, you can't make that up. Like, it's just like crazy. A, um, yeah, you, you go through so many, um, I mean, it's like I said, in, in this industry too, like you go through so much of like this stuff where, you know, doors are always closed or locked. And then it's like, oh, like I thought this was going to be great. And then you end up like getting some maybe not great feedback from the industry, quote, air quotes, industry about it. And then, you know, it's so easy to be discouraged. And it's just, I, I have just found that it's like as many times as you can get off the mat, you know, and then then you get a little win. Then you get a medium sized win. Then you start getting some big wins. And it's just like, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I almost, I almost 
um, just did not did not even. I, in December, I was like really close to like just throwing in the towel. To be honest with you, like I was so burned out. I was doing weights. I was trying to do every single thing, and I uh, was working too much on it. And uh, I had already finished recording the album, and I had yeah. got a, partic- a particularly like crusty piece of feedback from somebody in the industry about the song with Charles, and. And it was like, uh, I don't know what it doesn't matter, but it was, it was like, and I ended up hanging out on my wall in the studio, but like, I was like, I had a, I had a very mopey weekend and I was just like, you know, this is just too hard. I don't know that, you know what I mean? Like it was like year four. And I was like, I just don't think this is worth doing. Uh, I don't know if I can do this. And, and I didn't know about any of the things that have happened this year in December. And then the day after Christmas, I got a call from mountain stage to do mountain stage, which was huge for me as a West Virginian. Oh yeah. And in, Fe- in February I did Rolling Stone. In March I was at an AGT, you know, and it, and then it's, it was just like something every month. And I just, I don't know. This this is a way too long of an answer. I'm sorry, but like, no, I, that, I that's love how it. this all like. It was just like I was so. I I did not finish the year well in my mental space. I was just like, man, I just is just I just feel so burned out, and so. Yeah. I just took a break for like two weeks. I didn't touch anything music related. I just went home to West Virginia with my family and we all just hung out and I moped around for a little bit. And then I was like, no, I, I still had the fire for sure. And I was like, all right, let's get after it. And then I got a call from mountain stage and I was just like new life, you know? So that's so awesome. I mean, I know that feeling just mm-hmm. like from my perspective with my career, um, you know, like my company went out of business. I didn't think I was there 15 years. I never thought that was going to happen oh, and then crash. Yeah. And then I tried to build a new company with some friends and it didn't work out and crash. And now I'm trying to build this again. And I have those moments where I'm like, does anybody even care? Does it even matter? Like, why am I doing this? hundred percent. But then I also have those moments where I get an email from a band that I played and they're like, oh my God, thank you. You know, I got Mm -hmm. 200 more streams because of you or whatever it is. That's right. And I'm like, you know, that's why I'm doing it. And it does matter. And you know, your music matters. It's, it's beautiful. It's exciting. I have so many questions about the album and I'm going to get to that in one minute, but I do want to touch back on America's Got Talent really quick. Yeah. I've never been like a huge watcher of the show, but I watch all the clips online. I've seen mm-hmm. yeah. every clip, but yeah. um, so how does it work? Or you're going back on, right? Um, yeah. So I was trying to like, I've got this like thing in like this, uh, like my little cheat sheet, like what I can say about the show. Yeah. So, okay. So there are live shows that the next step for someone in my position will be like to go to these live shows. So okay. what I don't know is like what I'm, what I'm, what I cannot specify just yet is like the date that I'm going back. So I do know that the live shows like start airing on August 22nd and there's five of them. And then if you make it through one of those, you get to be on like the finals. So the okay. next time, like if, you know, if you go back, it's much more of a production. You're out there like almost like 10 days the next time. Cause it's so much prep work. There's a lot more that goes into these live shows. It's live television. The performances are much more like bells and whistles production wise and stuff like that. So it's been this like weird headspace for me because on the one hand, I've been having like, you know, meetings and trying to really prep for AGT and do my best work because I, you know, just being on there once was great for me. And then I'm like, okay, whatever happens, I'll do it again. And you know, if, if I'm fortunate enough to be on there twice, you know, we'll just make the most of it and see what happens. And so I've just been trying to do that, but also like, you know, my life has got really crazy over the past year or two with how things have grown. So it's like, okay, figuring out like touring stuff and all the business side of this, like, you know, management right. and agents and PR and all that stuff. And just trying to like, keep my head straight 
doing all of those things at once, you know? So absolutely. Anyways. Yeah. It's a lot. You've got so much going on. um, I tend to work with more, you know, up and coming, like starting out artists, which you are, this is your debut album. Yep. Um, But I'm like looking at you online and I'm like, there's so much, like, I don't even know what to talk about first because it's so much. It's so cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm just excited for you. Uh, Can you talk about like the title of the album and does that tie back to your West Virginia roots and how did that all come together? Absolutely. So I grew up in a small town called Montgomery, West Virginia, a couple thousand people max. And, uh, but it's, it's very picturesque. It's beautiful. It sits right in the Valley. And like, if I walk out of my house, I grew up in where my parents are, you can walk out of the house and walk about 20 yards to the backyard. And there's the river and the canal river is not small. It's, it's huge. It's like, this big wide river, there are spots where it's almost a hundred feet deep. I mean, it is a big old ancient river. And so it's just always been a big part of my life. And so, you know, this whole album to me, I, I really wanted to try to you know, write these songs that are very special to me personally, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, that river has been such a part of my life through, and I've always been fascinated with like time and history and all those things. And so it's just fascinating to me. Like sometimes like I'll think of my grandparents who are no longer here or like aunts and uncles that have passed on. And like, we've all been on that river together. We've all experienced life together and looked at that same view. And my great grandparents came here and looked at that same view. And so it ties me back home a lot. And I just love, I think that's what's special about West Virginia is like the people. And, and there's a very much sense of place there. It's a tiny little state, but, um, and so it was important to me to record as much of the album as possible in West Virginia um versus nashville and that's not because there's not talent in nashville but it's because um i wanted to put that um investment into the state and the creators and people that i really believe in in the state and so you know a little more travel for me and stuff like that but that was okay like i was there for almost two whole weeks through different spurts recording and everything so it was all recorded there minus like two songs and mastered in nashville but everything was recorded and mixed down uh, in west virginia and so the and title that was that, that McCord House Studios yeah, with McCord Zach House McCord. And, uh, yeah, Zach McCord, who I met through uh, CWG. I met through okay. Charles. I met because like he's like uh, we met. Yeah, uh, Charles and I met when he was pl- opening for Zach Bryan when they came through Detroit, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm gonna be at the Fillmore if you want to holler and like we can record a couple of videos." And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So I went down there and. Um, that was our first time to ch- like hang out in person. And so yeah. we were just, uh, anyways, talking about a bunch of people we knew back home. And I was like, this guy reached out to me to do some session work for him. He's like, oh, like Zach's great people. I write with him. So I, I, I met Zach through session work first. And then anyways, that's how we ended up, and I ended up doing like the whole album at his studio, which worked out super well. That's awesome. I, I love Charles Wesley Godwin. Um, I played him on my show in its previous iteration when he was just a small artist. And I've got mm-hmm. to watch him rise up and it's been incredible. Um, I found him through Rachel at Sweetheart. Oh so. yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's so. he's he's great. He's a uh, obviously super talented, crushing it, and a, a great a great uh, great uh, person, friend as well. A really good dude. And so anybody that's friends or fans of Charles Wesley Godwin, he is on the title track from the album. Um, how did that come about? Did he come in the studio with you to record, or was that recorded remotely? How did that yeah, go? He, down? he he recorded at the same studio, and it was. Um, we were like ships in the night because he was coming off of something and being home with his family for a little bit. And so where his hometown is, is not too far from where the studio is, maybe like 30, 40 minutes. And so I, and I was, I had just flown, I was there and I had flown out 
to the West Coast for like a private event thing that I had hired to, been hired to do, like a corporate kind of gig. Uh, I think it was in Salt Lake or something. It doesn't matter. But like, um, so we like passed, and then him and him and Zach were like sending me pictures and videos while they were there together. Um, but that came to be because when, when I met him, we were talking about this song. And I was like, man, like I'm I'm really about to dig into this album, and I've got this song. And he's like, well, I'd love to hear it. And then we started kicking it back and forth, and I was like, I don't know, you want to do a verse and like feature? And he's like, yeah, be, I would love to. So it was yeah. very organic, and um, I think it spoke to him like it spoke to me because of like you know what it's about. And he sings a lot about nature and stuff too, like in terms of like being more than just a you know trees and mountains, but like the meaning that it has, for, yeah, you know, you know, to you and stuff like that. So I think that uh, it was a, a natural fit to work together. Yeah, it's on that. kind of I'm, a tie-in sure with Seneca, together. his album. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Really cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that track with Charles Wesley Godwin. You have another track that's already out, the single um, Vampire in Appalachia yeah. um, with Josiah and the Bonvilles. I love the song. It's It might be my favorite song on the album, but I don't know that I fully understand the meaning. You have the lyric, there's a vampire in Appalachia and we're running out of blood. Can you tell me the inspiration and the meaning behind that lyric? And yeah, sure. That that's definitely like the the that song and the one after are the the two heaviest yeah. in terms of like you know, I, I my stuff usually like may maybe a little more may lose more like a little positive, but like those two are important to me. Uh, so the reason I mentioned the other one is that I wrote Vampire in Appalachia and the song after it called A Murder. I wrote those as companion songs to each other, and um, so Vampire in Appalachia is about. And this isn't just unique to Appalachia, but it's very prominent there. There's two things. One is like this whole extraction economy with, you know, coal. And, and cool. what that means is that these companies will come in and they'll empty a whole mountain out of coal. And most of the money leaves. It yeah. goes overseas or it goes to New York or it goes wherever. And um, also the effect that that kind of work has on people. And I don't know any family in the area I grew up in that doesn't have at least one person down in those coal mines. And so, you know, my, my, uh, my grandfather's uh, brother, we called him uncle Bob. He passed away from black lung. Like it's, it's not, it's very close to me and yeah. uh, that situation. And then verse two um, is about, um, you know, um, like the opioid epidemic, which like I said, is not unique to Appalachia, but is it's, it's a major pain point for, you know, Virginia, Kentucky, North Carolina, West Virginia, and uh pennsylvania and stuff Pe people people once again I, I honestly don't know one family member or friend that doesn't have somebody in their family that has either passed away from or had their life ruined by this opioid crisis and so it was important to me to talk about that and when i had a, a very close person to me um pass away because of this um i was driving home from the fu funeral back to michigan and i was thinking um just that, that visceral image of like a vampire, uh, but not at a person, but at like a region. And so yeah. this vampire in Appalachia is talking about, it's been, that whole, that line is what popped in my head first. Like there's a vampire in Appalachia and we're running out of blood is because there's a, you know, it's such a special region because of the people, but it's a much often understood place and a place that's been taken advantage of a lot by, you know, corporations and, media and whatever else and so it was important to me to talk about like the negative side of Appalachia or stuff we faced you know as Appalachians and so that was the how that all came to be that's really cool I love that you're you know investing in your home and where you came from and telling that story um this may not be something that <laughs> you're uh 
equipped to talk on, or maybe you are, what, what is the solution to that? The, is there any, well, like, is there anything we can do to help that region with these things that are going on? Is there? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I th there are some, well, there's some great organizations. Like, first of all, like, like there's an organization called Healing Appalachia that a lot of my musical friends are playing at this year. Like for me, it was a, a timing thing with this, uh, whatever TV stuff is going on, but that's a great organization, but there's also lots of other ways. Um, just, I guess as a person to help, like you can, you can be there and be present there for something like that's not like, uh, you know, for example, if you're, if you like the great outdoors, go there and do some, go there and do some rafting, just go be there. Like get, you know, go ride your, go ride your bike, enjoy the sights and sounds and all that kind of stuff and invest in the area as somebody just enjoying a new region. Maybe you haven't been to before. And then, some of those bigger questions in terms of like the economy and stuff like that, like I, it's very difficult because I, you know, I know that the coal industry has, I have nothing against people that work in that industry that have family that works in that industry and it's provided a lot of good things for a lot of people. But my personal opinion is that we have to find something in the region that is our calling card that is not also killing us. So we right. have to like find, you know, whether it's, whether we find a way to invest more into, and there's people that are way smarter than me working on that all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and so my, my whole goal with this tune was to like, it's kind of like a, a, a lament a little bit because it makes you sad, but also like almost like an, an awareness thing to be like, Hey, like, you know, like this is happening. Like let's acknowledge it for what it is. And I, I think sometimes by calling something what it honestly is and seeing the problem for what it is helps you to like, address it versus pretending right. or like i'm not gonna i don't want to talk about this I, it's let's talk about only something good but that doesn't really work so that was yeah. kind of my goal with the with the song is just to kind of a just get it out and then also you know, maybe draw an awareness to uh, an issue yeah that's awesome as i asked that question i realized how big it was like i live in tulsa oklahoma mm -hmm. which is oil and gas land <laughs> and I'm like, how will you fix the oil and gas situation oh well yeah, let me I, 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 I've, I've i've played at private events before where like like the person that was organizing was like, Hey, like, uh, you know, we got so-and-so here. Uh, maybe, maybe like not want to sing the vampire song. I was like, why? And I was like, well, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sensitive to this or that. And I was like, nah, it's my song. I'm singing. I'm singing it. I've never not sung it. So, but anyways, like, I, you know, I it's, love just, that. It's, it's a tricky subject though, because like, you know, anyways, there's a lot of money in it, which is what makes it hard. And the, you know, it's, it's right. like a lot of history. Same with oil and gas. It yeah. provides all the jobs around here. Mm -hmm. But then there's the back end of that as well. But yeah, and yeah. there's there's just got to be more than there's got to be more than that to like, you know, to to help the the region, which is what I think we all want. Like people from there is what we all want. Like we all we all want healing for the region. And so, you yeah, know, if I can do that in a tiny way through something like that, is a, a win for me. Well, that song tugged on my heartstrings. A lot of the songs on your album did. One that really got me as a mama was "Call on Me." <laughs> Um, can you talk about that song and how that one came to be? Yeah, that's, um, I have three young kids, like I said, you know, all under the age of 10. And so, you know, I have I'm three a, too. Hey, very nice. So, and <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely like the, the guy, like I cried everything, you know, like I'm my daughter, kindergarten, kindergarten graduation. I'm like the dad that's sitting back there like, Oh man, I can't, you know, like, so <laughs> I, I don't know what, like, I have always been so fascinated by like the passage of time and like like how it's good and how it's bad. And my grandma, when I was a kid, used to tell me, she'd say, you know, I'm going to tell you something and you're not going to understand it until you have children, but the days are long, but the years are short. Are short yeah. Children. And <laughs> I never, so like I started with that idea is her telling me that. And so um, I, I wanted to just try to like, it. you know, it can be about, 
obviously it's about parents and kids, but it could even be about, you know, friends or whatever. But it's this whole idea of like just trying to like, I want to try to do like a different take on this like person giving their son advice or daughter advice song idea. You know, I wanted to try to do a little bit of a different spin on it. And I just wanted to, I am always moved by like when, like I have a, some family that are like parents of teenagers and they're like yeah. have this relationship with their teenager where like, hey, listen, no matter what kind of trouble you get into, like they, they at least know they can call me anytime. Yeah, I love that, like that confidence uh, in each other as parent and child to be like, listen, it doesn't matter what you do or where you go. Like, I'm here for you. Like, there's nothing you can do that's going to make me shut the door all the way. So, um, yeah. So and I I think it can be relevant through different ages and stages of life. And so I I co-wrote that with a a guy, Kevin Mack, uh, who is based out of Nashville. um, And he's uh, got a pub deal down there. And we played the Bluebird together. The first time I played the Bluebird was with him. And uh, we, we kind of, co- I had the idea and I was getting really stuck. And so he uh, was great. Like we co-wrote that together. He really helped me with the bridge and stuff. So that's kind of how all that came to, to be. Yeah, that's a beautiful one. And I got that message from it. I have the same like philosophy with parenting. I Right now, I tell my kids all the time, when you get older, if this, this, or this happens, <laughs> call me, call me. Because I was scared me. to call my parents. I know. I was afraid like I'd get in trouble. <laughs> And yeah. I want them to call me, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, so I really loved that track. Uh anymore, which you said was a fan favorite, is on the mm-hmm. album. Like you said, you have mm-hmm. two versions of that, um, an mm-hmm. acoustic version. And I love that one. It's another tearjerker. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the story behind that? It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful story. Yeah, thank you. Uh that's uh dedicated to my grandparents. And I the 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 uh, the true story is that watch I've, I've got it uh, behind me in a case on my desk, but I've got um, the watch. I've got this uh, beautiful watch. It's like uh, my grandmother got it from my grandfather on their 50th wedding anniversary. And so my grandpa passed away a few years back and that was like the only thing I really had of his. And I had it on my yeah. desk as like a timepiece. And I was writing another song and the, the watch just like stopped working. And for whatever reason, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I it just, I felt like, you know, I was like, it's like that, that last thing I had of his that was like, you know, working and like moving. It just wasn't. And, um, and I, this, this never happens for me in this way, but I'm telling you, like, I, I had this memory of the conversation we had at my, my grand, his wife had passed away first. And um, at the uh, cemetery, like we were walking away and it's been a long few days for him. They've been married for, you know, over 50 years. And he was just kind of sitting there with a soft smile and I, I was like are you okay pops and he's like yeah he's like you know i just he's like it's just um they'll never make another one like your grandmother anymore that's exactly what he said and i wrote it down and and it was like that conversation came back to me like as clear as day and i wrote that entire song front to back in less than a half an hour and i've, I've wow. never done that in my entire life ever like i usually like agonize over songs for weeks yeah. and weeks and i mean besides like a couple of minor tweaks on one of the verses like that song it was just in there and it was like the melody, everything. I had it like ready to go and it was so weird. And um, I hear musicians say that all the time. Everybody Mm. has one or two songs that just came out. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was, it was like, um, it's such a cool thing to be weird, but it was like, it was like, it was a gift that they had for me that was just there. And it was like, here you go. It was just like the most surreal thing. And for the longest time, I couldn't play that song without like getting all, t- I get choked up. I have to stop and start over, you know? And yeah. so like, it is obviously a very special song to me. And um, I never dreamed that it would be received as well as it has. Cause it sometimes, 
you know, people will tell you like in the industry, like, well, your songs need to be a little more generally specific so people can relate to them more. And um, I don't think that's always true, but I do think that that song is, it feels like so personal and people have responded to it so well. Like they make connections to it, which is really your dream come true as a songwriter. It's, you know, to have that touch people on that way. So yeah, yeah that's a, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite ones to, to sing and, and do. Um, so August 18th is the big release day. Is there another single before that comes out? Yeah. So lightning bugs comes out on August 4th. That'll Ooh, be like, like the last single. Yeah. Lightning bugs is special in a different way because, um, there is an acoustic version of it that lives out there on Spotify, like a live acoustic version. Yeah. And that's the first song I ever tried to put on Spotify. And because I was getting, I had no idea what I was doing. And the way that I got that audio is that I had an iPad with a pair of headphones, just like the ones you have on these old iPhone headphones. Yeah. And I had a, um, so, and I had to get each one perfect. So I did five separate videos on my iPad of me doing this song into that mic front to back main vocal guitar fiddle one fiddle two harmony then i went into iMovie, extracted all the audio meshed it together and like ran it through a a a korean app that would add like reverb and compression to audio to make it sound a little more whatever i had no idea what i was doing but i was like i gotta gotta get it done i gotta get something on spotify everybody's asking me for spotify blah 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 so i did it i put it out and i was like all right and people were like oh this and it's always done so well and so it was awesome so to, be able cool. to, to record a studio <laughs> version of it because that but i love that one because um i mean I, I wrote that song um on the way back from a trip that we had in west virginia we were like uh boating at night and like the mountains were just covered in green because of the fireflies and we were like you know talking about the lightning bugs and talking about the, we we're you know everybody's taking turns being the dj on the boat and i would like one song my wife likes another blah blah and so i had that i was pumping gas on the way home and we had just been talking about Nick Drake and the Milk Carton Kids because she loves him. I love them. And I was sitting there pumping gas and I was just thinking like, oh, she likes Nick Drake and I like those. And I was like, oh, so I put a voice memo on my phone, went home that night after I went to bed. I came back down to my studio and I wrote most of that one in that evening. And I was like, I just built it out from there. But that's how that one came to be. I love it. So and the, the studio version sounds much better than the iPhone headphones version, but it's, it was cool to kind of get that one out there in like a real studio format. Too, I didn't so. see the iPhone headphones version. I'm going to go listen yeah, to it right you, after you this. To, yeah. If you look up just like lightning bugs in my name, it has like an acoustic parentheses beside it, but that's, that's the one. I'm and super you, can, excited. you can let me know if you could tell <laughs> if it was recorded via iPad video. <laughs> that's so impressive. I'm so excited to go listen to that after this. Um, it's one of those like just figure it out moments you know like when you're like yeah just trying to get something going well like i'm not gonna quit and i mean that stupid song took me like like i did so many hours of work to do it the wrong way but i got a song up there and i felt so proud to have like a song on there so you know that's gonna like be it. like the coolest thing when as people discover your music and then they get to go back and mm-hmm. see those types of versions of the songs yeah that's as a music fan i love that I love going I back and finding the weird versions and the me early too. versions. I, I've, I've always liked that too. And I had somebody um, in uh, you know, a music city be like, oh, you should take down all your old stuff. And I was like, no, I put too much. Good for on. you. Yeah. yeah. I, was like, I was like, no, well, people don't want to hear that. I was like, yeah, they do. They listen to it every day. And even if they don't like, I've worked so hard on that. Like, why would I just take it down? Yeah. Like, oh, you, you, and the story is- and everything. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that's not ready already. I was like, whatever. I don't think so. But I'm so I'm glad you said that because I'm the same. I love that. 
like hear all their old stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Back so. in like the Napster days, I was downloading, you know, any kind of some of my Demos, favorite bands. All yes. That stuff. Yeah. Anything I could get. So absolutely. Same yeah. Way. I think that'll be super cool. Um, you mentioned touring. I know you have a lot of stuff coming up. I saw you're going to be at Americana Fest. I'm going to be there. So I'm going to try awesome. to come see you. Um, tell us where we can go support you live and what you've got coming up. Yeah. So I'm putting all, all the dates are like on my side, obviously, and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of adding more all the time. So um, like I said, I've been kind of going back and forth with booking and management um, decisions, stuff like that. But I've got a couple of dates in Nashville with Josiah and the Bonnevilles. We have a couple of shows that are at Third and Lindsley. They're um, sold out already, which is great. And I'm doing some dates with Wyatt Flores uh, in September, unless I get called back out to L.A. during that same exact time frame for TV. Um, and then I've got like I'm doing a show, um, some shows at the end of July, like in uh, Kentucky and McLean, Virginia, just kind of like working my way out. And I'm also going to be in Vancouver this summer um chicago and all over the place but my website will have all the dates but i'm just trying to like you know find a balance i don't necessarily like want to be gone all the time touring but i definitely like love doing shows so just trying to like book what i want to book and, and get out there and see people so when you play do you play with a band or you play solo how do you do that yeah sometimes like so i've done a couple of shows this year with like the full band i, I did something for west virginia university's like spring game um and i did like that a full band show for like 90 minutes but uh, sometimes I just do like singer songwriter style. Like if it's just me, I'll go bring the guitar and play a couple songs on the fiddle. So it just depends on like what the venue is and like what's going on. So I don't have, at least yet, I don't have like a dedicated band um, that I tour with all the time. So it just kind of depends on what's going on in the show. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you have coming up? I mean, you've already done so much, but the, <laughs> the album's coming. Is there an album release show? Um, I don't, that's been, that has been the trickier part of all this is because we've been thinking about doing like a, like an album, album release party, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe down even in Nashville, but the problem has been like kind of figuring out all this stuff balanced with the TV appearance. So oh, yeah, we yeah. made, we <laughs> may end up doing that like after all that goes down, that is done, like try to organize something and do a cut, like do maybe one in West Virginia and maybe one in Nashville or something and do some kind of like um i don't know like i'm release small tour or something at even i don't know so and if you um, do go back on america's got talent is that something we vote for or is that just the judges pick yeah so definitely yes yeah. so this next round whatever happens with these live shows is uh so let's say the uh, the lives are on a tuesday night for 24 hours there is a voting period okay. so definitely like definitely need votes and then if you kind of make that top two of your episode then you're going on to the next show and there's like okay. a live results show the next night. And then I think that there's like a couple of like, oh, we're bringing this person back because the judges like them or whatever. But for the most part, it's it's vote based on those those nights. All right. We got you. I'm going to tell everybody. Tell I'm them. excited. I'll take, every, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll take every vote I, I can get. Yeah, that's super exciting for an independent artist. I just love it. I'm excited uh, for your album. Amazing. I hope everybody buys it up. I'm going to order the vinyl before everybody else does. Nice, nice. And uh, I'm going to get that today. I have a big collection. It's going to look real it. pretty. In there. Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Like I like I said, I've got the test pressings and then like the creamsicles are like in production. And then um, um, like they're already at least like there's some coming to me and some coming to the warehouse. And like the ones that are for the warehouse are already like halfway sold out. I, just in pre-sale. Wow, so it's that's been, so good. 
Yeah, that's it. been crazy. So if you want a creamsicle out there, like now's your time. Now's your okay. Time. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get it first before this airs. So <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's thank been, you. It's been cool. Yeah, I like you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I hope I get to see you at Americana Fest. Yeah. And yeah. I look forward to watching what you do next. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll talk again sometime on the chair. Wow, I told you that story is special. Like, that's not the norm when you're releasing a new album to get to explode onto the scene like that without major, major label support. So super exciting. Big things happening for Philip Bowen. Um, We're all going to follow along, right? America's Got Talent. We got to vote for Philip. The Alt Country Show is going to show up. Be sure to support him and grab his new album, Old Kanawa. Go find him on social media. Check out his singles that are already out. And go listen to that acoustic original version of Lightning Bugs. It's a good one. I'm Emily. Thanks so much for hanging out for the Alt Country Show. Visit us online at altcountryshow.com. All the past episodes are archived there. All our playlists are always ready and waiting for you to listen to on Spotify. And if you're on Spotify checking out the show, be sure to give us a rating. Leave a comment on the show. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review it as well. All of that would mean a whole lot to me. I'm Emily, and I'll see you back here next time.